Welcome back to It Was Murder, the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world. I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. And I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the satisfied virgin, Joe Garber. And tonight, we're going back to the theater, people. <laughs> back to the theater. <laughs> to discuss crimes of the heart. You're supposed to tell us if you're a thespian. Uh, that is personal, and I don't want that information out there. Eric's a thespian. No, I'm actually not. I uh, <laughs> I hate to say this in a in such a grand generalization, but I despise the theater. Oh, ouch! That's a, what a theatrical uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> I despise the theater. The way by the way you say theater, I guess that you were in the theater. No. Mm. Uh, I'm a movie person. Everybody's (laughs) a critic. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't guessed by now, listeners, I prefer cinema. Well, you know where movies started? In Uh, theaters. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know that that was the origin of movies? Little known fact. Joe makes a salient point. What I wish is that people listening could see what I see right now, which is the two of you both have giant, what appears, it may just be the lens, appear to be gigantic uh, martinis. <laughs> really? With the fancy little olive picks, and you're both just like, and another the theatrical blood <laughs> blah, 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 witticism, just waving the glasses around wildly. That's why you can hear I'm the just, click clack of our olive picks. I'm, just sitting here with beads of sweat, like just pouring down my climate change uh, victimized face because mm. I can't have my fan on during the pod. Wow, Ellen, it sounds like you hate us. Do you hate us? <laughs> Do you hate us? <laughs> I'm a grown man. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know what a stranger thinks of me. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Choose wisely. It's a minefield of hatred, man. this whole podcast. So so many conversations that just don't need to happen. I know, I know. (laughs) It's like, I just feel like I'm broadcasting the same vibe that makes people ask me if I hate them is the same reader board that I hope is just flashing constantly like limited bandwidth, limited bandwidth, (laughs) limited bandwidth, right? (laughs) Oh, but that reminds me, like around in my neighborhood, I know this isn't about Minute Max's, but it's about reader boards, and so I'm just going to continue. Okay, cool. <laughs> so there are, you know, the ones that they put up where they're like, road closed, whenever, 4.15 to whatever. But a few blocks from me, there was just a, the briefest of road closures. Um, and I read the signs, and I, you know, adapt to the requests that they make. I plan accordingly most of the time, but I was coming back late at night and I knew the work would be done, but the reader board was still there and it was on Mm. and it said, work completed. Thanks for your patiences. (laughs) Patiences. Patiences. It was great. Cute. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, so thanks for your patiences. Um, if I pass out from the stifling heat, <laughs> that reminds me of uh, back in the back in the ABC driving days when I was mm. uh, delivering some documents up to North Seattle in the near the shoreline, mm. and on Aurora Avenue, which is which is like the main highway drag of mm-hmm. North Seattle. Uh, there are lots of car lots in a certain section, and one car lot in particular 
had four. I believe they were either Mini Coopers or they no, they were Mini Coopers. Four Mini Coopers parked <laughs> on the edge of the lot with their hoods open with big letters in them that spelled out S A E L. Oh, cute. <laughs> oh. I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were going to say one of them had a hook hand in the door. <laughs> yes, and one, one of them had a hook dripping with blood. But from a phonetic point of view, 100%. You say it the same way, right? I straight up say was like, all. someone doesn't say know how to spell. Say, I don't know how to spell, personally. I am a say terrible all. speller. Um, I've, I know how to spell sale, but I did love the phonetic say spelling all. of it. Sale. Sale. Tile. I think that's clever. Clever uh, advertising. Yeah. You know what else is, is clever? It- is describing the plot of this movie oh, sh- in 60-ish seconds. <laughs> well, I want to do an anecdote. You guys both got to do anecdotes. Do it, do one, it. one of the things in Montana. No, you... there's no time for Joe to do an anecdote. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, you're right. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. No, Joe has. Joe, really, you have the best anecdotes. Um, Please no, continue. What we would do is... I Mon- have patiences. <laughs> he has Montanecdotes. Montanecdotes. My friend would steal balloons from car dealerships and like <laughs> gather them up at night and then bring them to people and put them like tie them to mailboxes and stuff. So, <laughs> so people uh, definitely switch those letters in those. I think in those in the cars. That's what I'm saying, yeah, it was graffiti. It was vandalism. I, I don't think so. I like to think, think so? that. It, no, I think it's just someone who either thought that's how sale was spelled, mm. or they. Just, just made a an uh, error. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, because what does that mean? Why would you? And do then that? they just drove off. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. After like like the boss is like, please just put up the sale sign in the Mini Coopers before you leave today. Can you just do that before you go on vacation? They're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then just er- <laughs> sale, sale, sale. Was it that way forever? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't because oh. I. I had to go. So you remember that stupid job? Like you're out yes, on a that's job. That's how we met. Yes, we, Eric and I met doing a stupid job. You you drive you job. drive documents, <laughs> uh, usually with some ridiculous time deadline to a law firm. You drop them off, then you head back to the office to get more useless pieces of paper. And I just kept thinking, if I get sent back north, I have to get a picture of this. And yeah. that day, I didn't get sent back north. Oh, I ended up. I think I ended up going to Tacoma or something like because I, as we all wanted, for the long trips to get those mileage dollars. Mm. It's true, and to stay the fuck out of that office with those crazy fucking people. Whoa, shade. <laughs> <laughs> Most of them were great. Like <laughs> they're just like I. I'm gonna say there were three people that I'm thinking of that, of course, I'm not gonna say who. But the cool people know who they were. Their ears are ringing right now. (laughs) It was colorful. Mm -hmm. And like many jobs that I've had in my life, I was ill-equipped to perform it. Much like the guy who put the sign, sale sign up in the Mini Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, Minute Max. And what's that? Minute Max time. Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Crimes of the heart. One minute. All right. Mm. Crimes of the heart. <laughs> think about what happened. Okay. The suspense is killing me now. Oh, I got to restart. <laughs> that's, a, that's a different podcast and they're not paying. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Advertisement. Plug, plug. How did it start? <laughs>
Um, I don't remember how it started. Jonathan and Jennifer, I think, went to a play. And then the person who was in charge of the play <laughs> saw Jennifer and asked her for dinner because he has a play that she'd be good at because he read a, a, a play that she wrote in college at NYU about Jack the Ripper called Women of Whitechapel, I think. And so he asked her to come onto the play and help write the play that he's doing on Broadway. So they go to New York and we're in New York the whole episode. Uh, someone dies on set, <laughs> shrieks, and then bounces down on a cord and dies. <laughs> and so this smart alecky detective that everybody hates comes around and is trying to discover what happened. Uh, the director, everyone's uh, telling the John- Jonathan and Jennifer to get away from this director. He's crazy. He's mad. He's psycho. Get away from him. Jonathan puts money into the play. He immediately starts getting assassination attempts on him. Uh, assassin tries to hide from him Uh, on the other side of glass brick the director (laughs) invites jennifer out to his cabin for the weekend and then an actor tries to kill jonathan and then they he kidnaps jennifer puts her in a room and the detective finds them and then saves the day the end (laughs) good job okay yeah that's ellen expand on that nothing to add (laughs) (laughs) oh man i'm just gonna have to jump in i feel like there's nothing, no, I'm going to have to scream and then jump from the rafters. So here we go. <laughs> Crimes of the heart. So there is kind of an exciting scene. And then we realize, oh, we're watching a play with the hearts. And there it is a play that is produced by uh, the illustrious David Kramer. And David Kramer's like, I invited you to this party because Jennifer, you're amazing. And I am stealing one of your ideas from your <laughs> student days at NYU and I've developed it into a play. And so won't you then also come and, and perform labor for me in this regard? And then we get to the theater, like everybody's excited. Max, the whole family goes to New York. It's super exciting. They're in a townhouse. Uh, there's a side plot of Max, like thinking he might uh, propose to the lady at the works for the hearts when live in New York. Anyways, um, the theater is just so theatrical and everybody's just screaming at this David guy who they really hate. There's an, agent that seems like he is just super unhinged and he's always like physically assaulting like this actress who's a very good singer and like so somebody dies and then it turns out he has the shrine he's obsessed with jennifer david kramer is and that's not his real name his name's carl (laughs) yes nicely done very well done okay um I don't really have anything to add, so I'm just going to read you my grocery list. Oh, uh, fantastic. I'm just kidding. All right. Crimes. Apples. Of... <laughs> Mouthwash. Uh, <laughs> fiber supplement. Okay. Uh, crimes of the heart. Jennifer wrote a play in college in which Jack the Ripper was a woman, and her friend who produces plays. Uh, says, I want to use your idea, so come to New York and help me write this thing. And so she does. He also happens to be the producer of a little topless review called Goddess from the movie Showgirls. Uh, (laughs) There's an agent who used to drive around Christine, uh, and (laughs) uh, he beats up the star of the show all the time. Uh, The producer of the show hires an actor to try to assassinate Jonathan, which is so nuts um, because he is super in love with Jennifer because that's what everybody is these days. Uh, He has a shrine that is super creepy, but then super hilarious because part of it is a mannequin with a (laughs) photograph stretched across a face and a wig um, that he then sets on fire to burn up Jennifer, but Mm. Jonathan saves the day. And then Richard Belzer playing Richard Belzer comes in and makes some wisecracks. Well done. Thank you. Um, I just went full cliff notes. (laughs) 
<laughs> I have to say, um, of course, like the Alan Rachins showgirls shout out, yay! But he also like was just the like on L.A. Law like the whole time. Right? That's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, um, he's amazing. The detective. But none of us no, shouted out was... Mrs. Roper. I, Audra Lindley is my in this. Notes, She's so beautiful and lovely. My notes. I think my second note is Audra fucking Lindley. I oh my love God. her so much. I would I, love to have more of her. She looked so good. Like as soon yeah, as I saw her, I was like, beautiful. holy shit, you look amazing. Like you look better than you did in the late 70s when you were Mrs. fucking Roper. Is this Max's love interest? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah His love interest, Catherine. And I got uh, so excited the landlord thinking that they company. were going to get married. Like I was like, oh, Audra Lindley, if she could, if she could be like a regular character how amazing anyway we're, we're jumping ahead of <laughs> yeah sorry, we're jumping we're ahead of things telling. because we of course have another minimax from the sisler community players the sister community playoffs probably presents crimes of the heart a world famous Broadway producer wants to put on a play jennifer Roden college the ladies of white castle darling that's white Castle. <laughs> oh yeah jennifer says yes so three friends can do a podcast about it 28 years later starts <laughs> with max and freeway jr make their way to the big apple jennifer walks into hornet's dust of egos oh look honey it's another member of the perving jennifer's awesome club turns out max is in love with mrs roper mm. jennifer's working Yay. hard so joe must be happy the set designer is just well, <laughs> hanging around richard belzer shows up to investigate the crime it's like this movie was on nbc or something turns out the dead guy had a note from jennifer in his pocket as well as you guessed it another key the backers of the musical are pulling out, so Jonathan decides to invest. Wait, first a town, now a musical. What happens if they go to Australia? Foreshadow! Oh, no, no. <laughs> okay, we get it. Kramer is a jerk. Jonathan and Max share a tender moment. Jonathan goes to the gym and gets more of a workout dodging bullets. The hearts don't like Detective Giordano, but nobody on NBC likes him. Another detective shows up and helps Jonathan. The main star's lover gets the sense that Kramer is a scumbag and slugs him. Kramer decides to whisk Jennifer away to the Hamptons. The other detective tries to kill Jonathan. Mayhem ensues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's now two or three punch Jonathan, but the result is the same. <laughs> Turns out the fake cop is an actor hired by Kramer. With help from Herschel Gray, Jonathan and Max set a trap, but the actor gets stabbed to death. Jonathan is fake arrested and Detective NBC becomes an ally. <laughs> <laughs> Kramer had an obsession with Jennifer since NYU, and it's hard to believe, but he's back guano crazy. David kidnaps Jennifer and Jonathan breaches another creepy shrine and saves the love of his life. Max decides not to marry his New York lover in the end. Somebody said date the hard squad because we end with a production <laughs> number. The <Yeah>. end. <laughs> uh, thank you, Sisler Community Playhouse. Sisler Community Playhouse. Rocking the boards. Of you course, I should have I should have known greatest. they would call out Mrs. Roper. Of course. Of, of course they're gonna call out Mrs. Roper. You guys, you guys couldn't see, the listeners couldn't see, but the Sisters acted that all out, too, on a stage. Yeah. <laughs> we get to watch it. The this... Sisters and Jackie and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yes. I feel like, let, let's stop erasing Jackie and Rachel. <laughs> well, they're just part of the Sisters. The Sister Community Playhouse. Yeah, this is true. What, Yuta. Ellen? Your Sisters now, Jackie and Rachel. <laughs> yeah. I hope you like it. Congratulations. Oh, and uh, good luck at football training camp, Bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Okay. That sounded so weird. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> this movie has so much. Are you so going to do a Stefan sketch? <laughs> I, <laughs> I just don't know where to start. I, I'm just going to. 
going to wait to be led the, um, on this one. To I me, have a lot to say, but I don't know where to begin. The biggest thing to start with is that's an actor that he hired that was willing to also be an assassin. Is that the deal? I mean, Rent in New York is really yeah, steep. But like was willing to kill somebody for his acting role, but then was still trying to just be a regular actor. Yeah. That wasn't an assassin <laughs> pretending to be an actor. That was actually my, that's my major fault of the episode. Like the one thing that I was mm-hmm. like, this doesn't make any sense. I didn't get that. Because he is like an actor, yeah. like a legit working actor who doesn't change his name, who doesn't like <laughs> yeah. adopt an alias for, for whatever. For killing And people. is totally willing to kill yeah. Jonathan. There was a moment where I thought, oh, he's not actually trying to kill him. Like he's trying to pretend like he's trying to kill him. I thought, I thought there was, so too. I thought things were going In a different sauna. direction. This this movie uh, tricked me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that. I think that the whole goal of this movie is to trick you, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, so we have so many pieces that are amazing, like, oh, Jennifer's. We love it when we hear about Jennifer's projects. Joe loves it when Jennifer yes, works. Yes. We love it when they film <laughs> in New York. All the things. Like, oh, some of I us are challenged the by theater things Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. too bad because really we're in that theater just endlessly right Mm -hmm. there's so many interesting buildings that they're in Um, there's so much dark green carpet and like (laughs) only just not enough glass brick for me for 1984 but oh my god there was (laughs) there was plenty of glass brick which was also (laughs) used for yourself the glass brick was used beautifully in that scene where actor assassin was was going after jonathan in his we like what okay and also come on a wall of glass brick against a backdrop of dark wood stained lockers right are we it's the athletic club are you really going to stand by that ellen yeah i am <laughs> i liked it i like um, it too that's that's like a weird a weird little I'd definitely choose a different place to hide if I was an assassin trying to hide out. I don't think I would choose the glass brick to hide out. Well, okay. So so we go to the theater and right away there are all these, like everyone has a problem, um, even beyond just being dramatic Mm -hmm. uh, actors and other people that work in supportive actors and live theater, right? There's an agent that manhandles Mm -hmm. his client. We meet them right away before, and their bizarre dynamic that never quite comes to fruition (laughs) right off the bat before the weird dude with the fancy scarf from LA law invites before he even invites them to Jennifer or tells her what's going on. The agent comes and is abusive to the actress. It's just creepy. Then there's like, um, uh, set designer that has, a huge problem that also kind of doesn't make sense where there's a lot of people that seem to have been made promises from producer, theater producer, David Kramer, and they all have a really weird way of talking to him about what he owes them. Mm -hmm. Because what I was understanding from everyone's loud, infuriated, borderline homicidal red herring complaints Mm -hmm. was that David Kramer tells people that he'll help them in their career and then they want to kill him when he doesn't help them enough, right? Yeah. It's like that he helps them, and then he doesn't help them enough. Yeah. And there's at least three characters uh, just vomiting red herrings to us, but also mm-hmm. getting murdered and or being creepy. Like, it's just a creep fest in this theater. This theater is a creep fest, and even more of a creep fest than the creep fest that is when that guy controlled the theater and made it talk to everybody and made it fake haunted. 
Yes. This theater is creep fest ahoy. They, it's also 10,000 times bigger than that other theater. Well, I started being like, why are the hearts? You are getting so many red flags. Every time you go to the theater, someone is shrieking <laughs> at this. Is he the director or the producer? He's a director, right? Director. He's the, but he's both, right? Oh, is he both? I think he is. They describe him as both. Okay. But so, yeah, people are shrieking at him every time they go to the theater about whatever you know they're like he's crazy stay away from him don't work with him they people are screaming at them not to (laughs) go forward and they're just (laughs) so casually going forward with the production that i was like what are you doing like do you want to like do a background check at the the very least they're doing heart shit they're like like, getting into a mess now you know you can kill the hearts just by flattering them just like oh i love your writing and then just get them you can kill them so easily they just wander in like the set guy dramatically tears down the set that was made by the other set person yeah. because David Kramer said like, oh, you can build sets. And he's like, I'll get you, David Kramer, you this or that. Ex- <laughs> extreme threats. Mm-hmm. And then he rips part of the thing and the other set designer's upset. And then the set designer ends up like screaming and plunging to his death with a little note in his pocket. Yeah. Because, I mean, that gets explained away later. But I have to say, like, it was just for me, I was just like, I find this theater company exhausting so everyone's so upset yeah so well let's go back to that note because it gets explained in a way that incriminates the director who's crazy and after jennifer because he was in her play in college was the deal he was working on that play he was obsessed with her since then and this was his ploy to be to say we did some research on this play so the whole play was to get her i assume because he's a shrine to her so yeah he's yeah he's yeah. jennifer's peggy so why does he put yeah. that note in that guy's pocket it's like wednesday he, he night. doesn't put the note in that guy's pocket oh. the guy there's a scene where that set designer guy produces a bench and he's like look what i found in the theater and uh. the Producer guy is kind of like, oh, great. Thanks, Alan Watson, set designer. But clearly there's something weird that's happening. They're both communicating that they're having another subtext conversation entirely. And, of course, it's because Alan Watson is poking around. And David Kramer knows what we don't know, which is that in about an hour and a half, we're going to find out that he has a secret shrine room like the crush or like (laughs) Peggy. And But the Alan Watson already knows that. And so Alan Watson found the thing right that yeah. was like about jennifer's play 25 years ago yeah and so we they never really get into it but clearly david kramer kills alan watson because mm-hmm. he's getting too nosy and he knows too much and alan watson then threatens david kramer and that's what really leads to his demise right because he's like i found so many things in the theater i look uh, forward to working with you and again and it's yeah. just like jesus theater people get it together you yeah. have unions yeah you don't that, have to act like this and the assistant is gaslighting jennifer the whole time like the theater's crazy but let's keep going <laughs> but keep diving scene. deeper right i'm the clipboard lady yeah it's an old light board yeah the scene of the scene of alan uh confronting carl i can't remember what his his fake name is uh david kramer david kramer when he's confronting him with the notes um i found that so odd because it was so it was really early in the episode so we don't really it's know like there is no the there's no crime there's no intrigue yet like, right it's yeah. just it's just going on it, which is i gotta say 
class move. Uh, yeah. But no, I love there it. was something weird about it that was rubbing me a little weird because I was like, he's pretty effeminate. And there's they're doing this like thing. Is he trying to hit on him? Is he like, what uh, is what's going huh. on here? Huh. And then he dies. And I was like, oh, OK, good. <laughs> like we're we're off to the races. Um, and then Belzer, sorry to jump around, but then Belzer at the very end mentions that the actor has a boyfriend, Alan, the assassin actor. I, Alan had a boyfriend. Oh. oh, set designer had a boyfriend. Oh, I thought he was talking about the actor assassin. No, he said oh. he checked out Alan's boyfriend's place or whatever. Right, like there was, a, but whatever, whatever, however it was worded, Alan had the boyfriend. Oh, the, the, oh. so I was like, is this our first openly gay character in heart to heart history? Then yes, yeah, because we've insinuated a lot. We've we've. Uh, Oh, we oh we know yeah we've, we've known uh, we've made uh, <laughs> assumptions about a lot of people. Jonathan but... Hart Jr. We know about you. Huh. Yeah. So so yeah. you're saying that that actor did a great job, G- amazing job, mm. because you didn't bat an eye when they called out that guy's boyfriend. You're just like, yeah, Alan. That's Alan's life. I well I what I what I did was like immediately. That's that's how I knew who they were talking about for one thing. Huh. But it was like oh neat like and i also yeah. like the way that it was handled like it was it was straight up Smooth, just like yeah normal this is, as yeah. it should be because that's a existence. normal thing yeah Especially it's like you're trying Broadway. to figure out where this key goes to uh spoiler alert everyone who hasn't watched this movie it goes to the secret peggy crush room yeah oh my god um, so that's like that i think that's my biggest critique of this movie is that why did they reveal to us that he had that shrine when they did I feel like that could have been a more powerful because it's just him sitting in there putting lipstick on a picture of Jennifer. I think, and it, then kissing it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was like at uh, that the, point. I think you're as an audience supposed to know who the bad guy is. I wasn't. So it is just like I don't think I was sure yet. Were you guys both sure yeah. you knew it was yes. the director? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, maybe maybe that's right then. Yeah, I was still like, "What's going on?" He's at this. They're making because I thought he was. They were red herring, herringing him with this whole hmm. cabin retreat thing because he has Jennifer at the cabin. Why didn't he do anything? They d- did a great job with that. Yeah, they did well, a really good job with yeah. that because because Jonathan was on his way, even though yeah. uh, Kramer thought. I hired a, an actor to murder him. Yeah. And duh, right. the actor didn't do it. Right. Because he doesn't know how to shoot because he's not yes, an assassin. Yes, he's an actor. He, he's an actor, not an but, assassin. And he's up against Jonathan Hart, who can get yeah. out of anything. Yeah. Come on. But the film spends the majority of its time like following these parallel tracks, right? So it's like there's all these problems with the production. Alan is murdered. There is the detective that is accusing Jonathan. Jonathan falls into a number of situations where he is both an accused of murder, but also has multiple attempts made on his life. Jennifer is kind of still just working on the play, and Jonathan continues to be supportive, even though it's clear that the theater, this is perhaps this is an intentional theater pun. It's a death trap. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say, I was. Thank you. One hundred percent. Just really wanting to coming, watch everyone. Death Trap after <laughs> yeah. after this episode. I was like, oh, I want to watch Death Trap. <laughs> so there's a lot happening, and for me, I felt like it was. It didn't. It wasn't jarring to me when we saw the shrine, but that might be because I love 
a cuckoo uh, shrine. Mm -hmm. So that just felt satisfying to me. Um, it comes so late in the film that yeah. I was astonished. And yeah. so one thing that I have to ask the two of you is that I was feeling like this movie with commercial breaks mm. would have hit me differently mm. um, if I saw it today with commercial breaks. I think that the pacing would have read really differently. I think I would have been much more like just kind of like on like not entirely, not falling off the edge of my seat, but a little <laughs> bit closer to it. Mm -hmm. I feel like the pacing as it was with all these parallel plots that are so loosely woven together until we get almost like to like 10 minutes left. It's just like, oh, wow, that's a slow burn. Mm -hmm. But then I realized like, that's so great. I love that there is a Peggy that doesn't have to be like crazy eyes, like that it's not so... I mean, I love Peggy and I love mm. that kind of over the top thing, but I love that David Kramer, it's like, man, he's invested as he tells us over and over again when he says, describes his crazy shrine as a museum to Jennifer. Mm -hmm. um, are you hiring? The uh, <laughs> his, There's just something about the subtlety of that character until the bitter end and at the end it just is crazy at the end he's saying stuff like a little well-placed conflagration solves it's just oh, like what mm -hmm. what like mm -hmm. it just goes crazy so steeply and so quickly yeah but i don't know like i don't even know i'm just babbling now that's how that's how uh, the, I don't know. well the thing the thing about david kramer to me is that they really loaded this guy up with a bunch of shit. Like he really, and the actor could take it all, obviously. Yeah. But the script kind of supported it really well. I agree. One, okay, so we don't know he's cuckoo bananas until way late in the game. Yeah. But what we do know is that the lead actress who who i'm assuming her boyfriend is her agent because come on like the the that whole interaction was so gross and creepy mm -hmm. he is constantly trying to get his his client out of this play mm -hmm. because of david kramer yeah david mm -hmm. and so just knowing that like just knowing that of course john stockwell from christine uh is <laughs> is a, a red herring to a certain extent because he's violent which yeah. like the honestly good job like really good job with this uh i i don't like to see men be violent with uh women i don't like to see men be violent period mm -hmm. um but good job like it was really a good diversion for me to think like okay something is up with Kramer but this guy's unhinged. This guy's also crazy. Yeah. So, well, what I needed was a reason for him. When he is, he's at their house, right? And Jonathan's coming up the stairs and somebody's trying to, or where is he? Someone, he's trying to break into a room. He has a key or something. The agent? Yeah, I thought so. And he's coming down the stairs and Jonathan's, Jonathan's going up the stairs and he's like, what are you doing here? And maybe yeah, he was, he's picking the lock. Yes. Picking the lock to try to, get in to tell Jennifer not to be part of the play or something, but it's like you need to those. There are so many characters, so many characters around this director acting so insane 
And for what reason? What did he do to these people that made them act so crazy? That's something that I was like, what is going on that these people are and they and there was a moment where he could have just said to Jonathan he did this, but instead he's like, he sort of gave the vibe like, this director, I don't feel good about him. And so yeah. I don't want my actor to be in this play. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. You seem more crazy I, now. I think what, what we can draw from that is that they are presenting these characters, although they're all connected as part of this production and all, you know, the, the hub of that wheel is david kramer Mm -hmm. who seemingly is like a different kind of person to all these different people even though they all work in the same on literally are all working on the same production it's just interesting to me that it's handled in the sense that each of them is allowed to have their problem with david kramer Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily interact with the other characters problems with david kramer and so to me that supports Jennifer and Jonathan's ability to then have their own separate relationship mm-hmm. with David Kramer. Like, it's just like, I think it like in the most simplified sense, like people are just like theater people, so many different yes. kinds of personality yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I actually think that, that it served the storyline where we don't really get a sense. Like we know something is, we know that he is really into Jennifer, but we, have a lot of moments between Jennifer and David Kramer where she doesn't really have to rebuff him any more than yeah. she does all the waiters and everyone else. Like yeah. it's very gentle and it seems like he's, he's one of the better ones. It seems, res- it seems totally. respectful enough yeah. Yeah. for them to be doing it. Like it's like just kind of this, you know, glamorous, whatever, but mm-hmm. he, it builds and it builds like really slowly. And I thought that that was really well done. But yeah, yeah, I I had to realize at a certain point that the younger set designer being upset was not connected to the older set designer who was making the sets, was not connected to the drama between Dory, the lead actress, and the agent, Mm -hmm. like was not connected to Jennifer and Jonathan's experience with the theater, like, like all these different things. That one random dude that just stood up at rehearsal out of this out of the stand or the what do you call the the audience area the audience <laughs> the audience the seats the seats <laughs> he stands up out of the seats and just starts screaming at the at the direct kramer right before jonathan decides to invest in the play this guy just stands up like you're just letting anybody into these rehearsals first of all but he was like a <laughs> right pa- like people keep coming past. back to yell at david yeah kramer totally so well so what i would have done with that i think and Maybe this has been overdone. Maybe this is like cliche, but have that crazy agent have that come to a climax where it seems like the director is saving the hearts from this agent who's mm, yeah. crazy. And then he, cha- he, he grabs Jennifer and is like, come with me. I'll save you. And he takes her to this weird shrine room. And then all of a sudden she realizes, oh, this director is super crazy. He's the villain. And- I well, agree I'm, with it- you. I agree. I because as it stands, John Stockwell's character just seemed like an abusive boyfriend. Which, yeah. which again, yeah. you know, good red herring, I guess. But like, there was the scene where David Kramer kisses her on stage mm-hmm. for no fucking reason mm-hmm. whatsoever, which results in a blow up. Uh, Kramer getting punched out by John Stockwell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then him being. <laughs> thrown out from that one rehearsal but it's like you have to assume that that actor and her agent 
had a conversation where she was like, what, why? Why don't you want me to be in this play? But well, she seems to be fully on the side with the director. She's totally on his side. So he, but we didn't. I guess that happened off camera. He like totally wooed her to be in this play. You're going to be a star. It's but that's be a where break. I have to believe like he doesn't know anything about the Jennifer Hart shrine or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, because if he, he does. did, he no. would have gone to Jennifer and, or yeah. Jonathan and said, "Look, you guys got to get the fuck out of here." So what possible? reason could there be for him to just know that this guy's insane and doesn't want his actor in this play he knows that david kramer has a reputation for being with young starlets Mm. which i mean he's clearly like a star maker or an abuser or whatever right both and i think that that agent is just his abusive toxic relationship personality like is such that he doesn't want David Kramer's production to succeed. Yep. And the way to do that, it's like a classic trope, right? It's like you just make everyone think that that you make everyone want to leave, whether it's investors or performers or writers or other support people. But yeah. that, that character, what bothered me uh, not a little bit was that when Jonathan gives the abusive agent boyfriend relationship advice which would be normal relationship advice if that guy wasn't like practically <laughs> break, giving that girl's arm a spiral fracture oh, every yeah. time yeah. it comes on to set. Yeah. And so that's a little, that was a little hard for me because I do think that Jonathan is like, that's a very Jonathan thing to do and to give like this wise advice about relationships. And he says, you should let her decide, you know, like yeah. if her agency is basically what he says. And that's his <laughs> advice to, this guy but it's like jonathan like i feel like he's she's gonna be in found in his car trunk yeah, totally. like, very shortly in connecticut the advice but should be like Joe, ease up on the fucking gorilla grip on her upper arm yeah Jesus but, Christ. but jonathan's so delightful in this movie that i don't want to bag on him in yeah. any other way but i will say this um quote from david kramer once we turn it turns out he's carl is he Carl Davidson? I can't remember his last name. But um, when Jonathan busts into the now burning uh, shrine room, mm-hmm. he says, don't try to change the ending, Jonathan. I hate rewrites. Yes, uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That was, yeah, I, straight that, to my heart. I know. I. It's like I wish that we had had that. <laughs> sound clip for the entire podcast. I'll just do it over and over whenever I try to do a rewrite. I hate rewrites. Yeah, that's I did think about that. That's so funny. Um, but sometimes you need them <laughs> to make a coherent piece. Some do good, we some good quotes in this episode? Do we hate or do we love Detective Giordano? I love him. You love uh, him. You love him because you have a Belzer hard on. I oh. Because I have a, a Law and Order thing. Yeah, oh, okay. I. Tom. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care for him in this movie. Um, that said, I do kn- like this is also in the midst of his role on Homicide, <laughs> so it's Which like I love. Yeah, it's all just it's Belzer playing Belzer, but mm. it's like Belzer playing Belzer in the wrong hands i don't know like i just it's you know you can have the best actor in the world in something that just doesn't fit them mm-hmm. and for me even though it was a detective role in this movie it just didn't fit like his his style mm-hmm. didn't work for me i still I love him where 
tonally it's it's yeah. really different from the other other elements this, I could like see that. like when he's shot at the end and then we have this like really bad joke of like oh don't mind me i just got shot in the neck yeah. in the leg and he clearly like, like, you got shot got in the shot heart. in the chest yeah <laughs> his yeah but you know it's you know i don't know it's like ah. i hated him and then I hated him. <laughs> I hated him on another level because I knew the movie wanted me to hate him. And so I hated him mm, more yeah. for like manipulating me. But I will say, even with that, like even with the hatred, some of his little quippy things, they just don't, they were so fucking weird to say. There's like one of them was he, they're, they, they call him Lieutenant and he says, no, detective, lieutenant is something they're keeping from me to keep my mother praying for something. Know what I'm saying? And it's like, I don't know. There's something about that. And then there's this one that's worse where he's talking about what are the odds of like that guy getting murdered in this theater, I think. And he says, something goes down against the odds and my nose, does, my nose starts twitching. I may as, or, oh, something goes against the odds and my nose doesn't start twitching. I may as well partner with my cousin down at the bakery on Mulberry Street. Yeah. And it's like, what? It's all just like this kind of pat New York yeah. detective New York stick. Yeah. dialogue. Sure. But like my favorite of his weird quotes uh-huh. was when he was talking to Jonathan after Jonathan is um, fake arrested, question mark, for killing that mm-hmm. actor. And he yeah. says, if you were going to kill someone, you're going to use the right fork. What does that mean? Uh, see, again, yet again, it's like one step removed from a genuine connection to reality. Yeah. But it's like, I don't live. On, I like, get what you're saying. You would never say this. <laughs> it's because we don't live in the fast paced world of New York. Well, it's because so he's saying like, it's, he's not just saying like, I believe you didn't kill him. He's saying you didn't kill him because you're fancy. And here's a fancy analogy for you to understand. Oh, and also you like, you wouldn't have done it this way if but, you were to have been the one. But to he do also this. doesn't have time because he lives in New York, so he can't explain. Yeah, that to you. So, but he does have time to crack wise about like where keys fit and don't fit and all this shit while Jennifer is literally on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, her mouth is <laughs> uh, Yeah, a little well placed conflagration. You know, he came through in the end for the hearts, so you gotta love him for that. You know, he. He did come through for them, although he did take his time with those wise cracks while she was burning up. So. But that's New York, baby. That's New York. Can we please, if we're talking about New York, can we please talk about Max making a Ratso Rizzo reference to Freeway? Yes. <laughs> oh, I missed that entirely. <laughs> but I will take a You're going to say, I'm, I'm walking here. That felt very important and needed to me. Um, Max. I love Max in this. I mean, I love Max in every episode, but this is a great Max episode. This is an amazing Max episode. One, his delight when they said we're going to New York was Mm -hmm. such a treat. Also, Mm -hmm. they drive Max now, which made me so happy. It was such a sweet moment where he gets in the backseat of the car. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I love Max in New York. I love, uh, we have not brought up Audra Lindley. Um, who just what a treat what a what an absolute joy to see Audra Lindley right she's just radiant in this and they have the great chemistry and patter it's so awesome she's kind of the perfect max lady it's uh, true like i as much as we love we love rose we love uh 
rolls. I was trying not to say rolls. Pearl. <laughs> Pearl, Danko. Uh, we love all of Max's ladies, but uh, Audra, who, what was her name in this? Catherine? Catherine. Um, Catherine, who calls Max booze. Boodles. Boodles. Boodles? I thought it was booze. Boodles. No, Boodles. Oh. That's cute. <laughs> I thought it was cuter when she called him booze. Well, I need Those are both kind of them. cute, although one of them's weird. They were barely I, in it. I wanted more of them too, and I, it made me feel like maybe. Um, I know that we got a little bit of trivia from the sisters a while back that uh, Max <laughs> was not fond of working. <laughs> uh -oh. That Lionel Sander was like, I'll do whatever, just, you know, like, let me be off by five. Uh, uh, so a lot of these scenes may have been like, all right, we got you for a day. We're going to do this. <laughs> mm. Um, them making eggs was amazing. Yeah. But then every scene of them before that seemed truncated. Like they just ask each other one question and then it's a new scene with different people. Yeah. It's not, it's not as fully realized as I would hope, mm -hmm. but, but I feel like they compensate for that by going really going ham on so many great scenes between Jonathan and Jennifer. Mm -hmm. um, like just holding hands, walking around New York City, like all the things. Like there's a lot of, there's such great interaction between the two of them this yeah. episode, I think. But it, in some ways it does make me want more, especially because Catherine has that perfect balance of like the salty and the sweet for a Max lady. Yes. Like we're all just super down for... Audra Lindley slash Catherine to be the Max lady that we end up with. But, mm. but aren't you, weren't you relieved? Were you as relieved as Jennifer that Max didn't get married and yes. go away? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I was. Mm. I don't know. For me, in my mind, I was like, this is not the lady for Max, even though she was great. I was like, this isn't it. I think, yeah, I, I just have a, I have a thing for Audra Lindley that yeah. I was like, oh yes, let's just, Let's let this be the thing. Yeah. Um, she was great. She can be in the next two movies or whatever. <laughs> but um, also relieved to find out I Googled because all of these movies came out in 1994. Yes. Every single heart to heart movie. Well, no. So the first one came out in 1993. Oh. Uh, and then these, I think it, it's a, a chunk of three or four. This one and the next one came out and the last one. So at least three are nineteen ninety four and Max is in the next one I I looked up. I think he's in the next two. Okay. Okay. So the other reason we may have not got much Max is, you know, he might not have been feeling that great. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. So, you have to kind of assume So it's not like a rewrite that, that you can really make in good conscience. No. <laughs> but I you know, obviously we love more Max. The more Max the better the episode. So. And and what the Max we got was great. Mm -hmm. I was very happy. Very, very happy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Max in New York. Max in New York. Also, can I just say, I love seeing the hearts in an, a cold urban environment. Like, it was mm -hmm. so nice to see them in New York in the winter, mm -hmm. which is, yeah. I, I kind of have a fondness for that 
landscape oh my in, God. in TV and movies anyway. Jonathan running yeah, on too. that rooftop track. Fucking oh, great. So awesome. Shit. So, so good. good. So Although awesome. I was like, oh my God, that would be so boring. <laughs> Sorry. Jennifer getting out of the cab carrying that Vuitton clutch. Yes, honey. Oh yeah. Yes. And it's like a it's like a trapper keeper, sort of. <laughs> So that's what I thought it's, it was. It's a large clutch. So great. Yeah. It's so good. I yeah. love to see them bundled up walking the streets of New York. I love to see the shitty, dirty snow on the streets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It really like gave me good New York feels this this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that the scene at the Italian restaurant was cute. Uh, the de- at the deli? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With I the with the Jewish waiter who and I, actually, the, I love the waiter. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then the massage banter afterwards. Normally, you know, I just can't be around massage banter, but for some reason they hit it right for me this time. Yeah. I appreciated that. <laughs> There's a scene where they're walking down the street together and they're saying, like, I'm walking on the beautiful most beautiful city in the world. The most, oh yeah. Like, best man. It's, it's so great. So great. Loved I, it. I could have I would have loved like, more of that. Yeah, where she's she's like, you're gonna think I'm over the top. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> he says the same thing. To her. Uh-huh, and she's like, I we're we are over the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just so it's perfect. So perfect. Yeah, really great. I would have loved a little, a couple more of those because the the Italian or the yeah Italian diner deli scene gets interrupted by our the shitty detective. So I lo- I did love Belzer in that moment though because mm-hmm. he he doesn't just crash their table. He brings yeah. a bottle of wine yeah. and charcuterie, and I'm like, "All right, you're yeah, good." It's pretty like great. that's that's the way you crash someone's table, <laughs> they drink even though wine. they had to pay for it. <laughs> 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 but I, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, if you ever leave me a voicemail message that you're going away for the weekend, and I'm to join you in a mysterious cabin, then. I would be like, okay, have a good weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Like, that's so If insane. I ever leave you a voicemail message, yeah. just start calling the police yeah. because it's, I'll just text you. I'll start calling the the area asylums yes. to find you. <laughs> but that is... Just that put she, a trace on my phone. If I ever call you, just put a trace on my phone because after I am kidnapped. Jennifer witnessed a man who was just in a, a fierce screaming match with the director get murdered. Three other people ha- are screaming at this director to stay away from him. And he's like, do you want to go to my cabin in the, uh, what's it called, Hamford? And Hamptons. Hamptons to to write more for the weekend alone with me? And she's like immediately like, yes, let's do it. Boom. All of this made sense to me. Like, it was, I didn't have any problems with any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, it all worked. I was like, worked. I'd do that. Uh, I would no. too. It I all worked. And also, at this first. point, at this point in time, um, Carl is normal like he's he carl and he invites jonathan so it feels d- safe. exactly exactly but like carl and jennifer have a camaraderie mm-hmm. and uh some sort of connection to the material that they're working on that seemed very real to me very true their interactions weren't weird they weren't gross they were just like mm-hmm. this is how people working on a creative thing together would be yeah and yeah like do you want to come out of town like and deal like work on this with without the distractions of the city of course i do yeah um yeah i'm i want to see people's houses um upstate or 
in the Hamptons. Dude, I want to see everyone's place. I want to see everyone's apartment, everyone's house, everyone's room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. It's just like the rush, the rushedness of it, where he's just like, come to my cabin with me in an hour and then call Jonathan and leave a message for him. And you know what's funny is that that was the scene where I thought, Oh, they're red herringing uh, him. him. Yeah, they were. Ah. I, I thought there's no way that he's the bad guy now. Uh, yeah, because it's too obvious that he that this guy is trying that to he'd kill. He'd be luring her. Exactly. Did you feel? For me, the actor assassin. I knew something was up the minute he showed up. Yeah. as fake detective. Same. It's I like, did too. Nope. And then he finds the casing and the whole thing. But I have to say, like when he. Has Jonathan in the car? It's legit menacing and and yeah, frightening. That's they go, frightening. He goes to some freeway overpass. Oh God, I love how Jonathan got. Yeah, he's out of like that. under the LIE or something, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's just like dark scary, and isolated uh, and shitty snow everywhere. Yep, the shitty snow really yeah. sets a tone. But, <laughs> yeah, what is that character though? I'm so confused about it. what is his is his day job assassin or is his day job acting and he's the moonlight actor or he's a moonlight he ain't got assassin. No job. He ain't got no job. But he's ready to kill people and then go on with his career. <laughs> he's a bad actor who so is confused. willing to kill people. Like that's <laughs> how many people has he killed? Like if what? you watched Barry, come on. Yeah. Yeah, it was very <laughs> he's Barry. Un- this I'm is the prototype to of Barry. Say that he's a bad actor. Um, you convinced Jonathan? Kramer, oh, he did, no, he did a good David job. David Kramer cast him in one of his plays. And he's a star maker. Oh, is yeah. that how they knew each other? Yeah. And so there's that extra layer, too, where then we're, you know, you're immediately like, red flag, red flag. Okay, so, but I think that they sort of try to make it seem almost like it's going to be like an insurance scam or whatever, where David Kramer yeah. is sabotaging his own production, right? That's where I was going. Like, that's where my brain was going, was like, he's not after Jennifer. He's not after Jonathan. Like, he's just after money. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they lose they lose some of the investors after Alan Watson dies. And he keeps saying, set. like, Jonathan, you may want to pull out of this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems super not thrilled. Yeah. But, of course, he, what we realize later, which is so great, is that he's not thrilled because he just wants Jonathan to fuck off and yeah. die, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just wants him to go away because Jonathan is the thing that fucks up everything, right? Yeah, he invited Jennifer, not Jonathan, to be part of the play. Whereas he says, wonderful, delightful, thoughtfully dead Jonathan, as he describes him. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. And I, I have to bring it up now because it's it's the time. Um when Max is uh, conscripted to, <laughs> oh yeah, to investigate this actor slash assassin, mm-hmm. who does he go to? But our old friend oh. Lieutenant Gray, the totally. only cop from the series that we were to like at all. Yeah, yeah, Lieutenant yeah. Gray, who is and left the law great. enforcement, and he is now in New York. Yeah, uh, he looks great. His looks office amazing. was so cool. Loved uh, his office. Yeah. I loved that scene with him and Max. Max oh, played Max that so, so amazingly well. Yeah, the way they played off each other was like so. Like, yeah, we're seasoned. We're doing what we we know how to do. This like, so don't bother us. Max is so good. pretending really to be good. Sid. Is his name right? Mm-hmm. And he's pretending to be a movie director, or what was he doing? He was like, "This guy's gonna want to talk to me because he wants to be in my play or movie." Yeah, one remember. one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the guy he's just... to get the guy to show up. Yeah, yeah, 
And then I love when he shows up and then Jonathan just pops out from behind Max and the guy shoves Jonathan yes. and then runs <laughs> through the kitchen. That is the crate. I was like, I had the thought where I'm like, ooh, actors run fast. It made me. He ran so fast. Yeah. There's also just something about that that makes me so nervous. Like that energy of being like a guy who's trying to impress somebody and get a job switching to yeah. a murderer who's chaos. trying to get away that chaotic switch is just boggles my mind so much and like i don't know why it just makes me so nervous no it's good that's like involved. it's really it's scary great. yeah and they <laughs> go through that whole building yeah. which is awesome i love how much time they spend tapping into the rabbit warrenny new york buildings and like the claustrophobic trapped nature of it in the theater like there's so many tight stairwell shots there's so many hallway shots in this i really loved it it really gave a sense of place to being in these buildings because that's where the majority of the action takes place you're just in the theater with them Mm -hmm. stuck there going through it but (laughs) when the actor gets murdered oh man can we talk about so oh. do you do you believe it was David Kramer that waiting there to club him? I guess so. One hundred percent. But that's so bizarre because it means he knew about everything and was ready to murder him. Like he was he was sense? he murdered him to set up Jonathan Hart. Like like I feel like the entire thing one, I think that David Kramer has tabs on his guy. Yeah. Like he knows where his guy is going. He knows uh-huh. he, like he may have him and Lieutenant Gray may be connected in some way. It's just like there's mm. there's no there's no real reason given for him to know that that meeting was going down, right? No, but I just I I believe that that's it, it doesn't really make sense otherwise. No. Otherwise it is that Jonathan killed him. No, which didn't happen. <laughs> which Jonathan which honestly totally fine with me like he it's you know that's what you get or he fell on a knife because he's such a committed actor he fell on a knife he's willing to kill people and he <laughs> he set up a knife to like hurl himself against the wall into his back he duct taped <laughs> it to the wall because yeah it doesn't it's the, that's the only thing that makes sense is that kramer did it yeah because there is there this is a one-man operation there is there are no henchmen other than the actor yeah, I get, would you consider the actor a man of hench? Yes. Mm, yeah. 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 Why do I consider yeah. that a different animal? Mm, I mean, be, are you just perceiving him as a contract killer? Yeah, is that like, different like, from a man of hench? Well, like MB from from uh, Nun Hearts. Uh, right. I don't think of her as a man of hench. Oh, I do. I don't. I think of her as the ultimate badass <laughs> like yeah. they hire like i don't know she's a badass she's henchman. different to me from because they're the not guys f- from the art mark it's like freelance or, versus full-time henchmen yeah this, this is a freelance henchman those are full-time mostly we have full-time who are getting True. money they're both getting paid to do Probably what they do benefits yeah and they're getting benefits but medical insurance but these are freelance versus full-paid men of hench and this guy, Sid, or not Sid, the actor, whatever his name was, just seemed to be down for anything. So he would be full-time if they gave him full-time work. He would do whatever that guy <laughs> asked him to. It's insane. Like, the level that he would go to for his acting career is wild. 
It's commitment. Yeah, but and I love he, to see it. I mean, he's powerful. Mike Royston. That's the, Mike that's Royston. the actor's Royston. name. Mike Royston. Yeah. Um, he was good. I like that we don't see, because if this was an episode of the show, we would a million percent see scenes among many things that we would see if it was in the hour format, but we would absolutely see David Kramer and Mike Royston having those conversations about him hiring him to do this work, right? And promising him like a role in the next big thing, you know, like after mm-hmm. Ladies of Whitechapel, then, you know, like, do you want it or not? You know, mm-hmm. like you can totally, but because they don't do that here, we have to just sort of imagine that or picture that but that's a million percent what i picture with that yeah Mm. yeah totally that makes sense for sure i like the uh hilarious uh sudden new york street crowd of people where the lady's like he killed him and she's got like this big (laughs) felt hat oh yeah (laughs) shut up lady you don't know what's going on she comes out of the fog and just starts accusing people of things shut up Mm -hmm. It's good. It's all um, good. How do you both feel? I guess especially Ellen. How do you feel about hanging a very decorative framed painting on in the style of Monet on a mirror wall? Okay, I feel good about it. Really, I have very conflicted feelings about that. It's like as maximal apart- as you can get. Apartment, hotel. What was that? I think it was their apartment. I think it's yeah. It's like their pied a terre. Okay, I love like mirrored walls, like floor to ceiling mirrored walls. I love them. They actually do what they say they do. They they make they enhance the spatial yeah. uh, awareness of your place. Mm-hmm. I love I love it. They just remind me of Poltergeist too. <laughs> I live for it. Or three. three. Yeah, you're right. Three. Uh, they remind me of uh, Corey's place. They remind me of yeah. uh, several people's apartments that I loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, feel like I have people never have called me out about how many mirrors I have in my house. I have never <laughs> seen framed artwork on a mirror wall mounted onto a mirror, and that kind of bugged me. Yeah. Oh no, I loved it. Really? really? I loved it. Yeah. I, I think it depends on what the picture is, but what they had was like <laughs> Monet what if it was a mirror. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is a mirror that would be great because that's like the mirror you're supposed to look in. <laughs> That'd be framed. hilarious. Like, yeah. That would be actually great. I was like, I need to figure out how they're doing that. Like, what hanging hardware are they using? Or are these mirror tiles? Because I just moved my old place that I just moved out of. I had like a full wall of mirror tile because I oh, really get uh, down I with I love it. mirror tile. Doesn't that freak you out at yeah. night, though? No. Really? Oh, my God. I love no, mirror cause tile. No, because I love to look at myself 24-7. Uh-huh. My parents' bedroom had an entire wall that was mirror tile, like marbled, gold marble. Yeah, with the gold marble. Mir- yes, yeah. mirror tiles. Uh, I loved it so much. Ugh, my so neighbor, cool. yeah. my neighbor. I, I couldn't get the tiles off the wall, so I had to leave them. <laughs> yeah, at the Laurelton in Seattle when I lived there, I, one of my neighbors had, was a dancer, didn't have any furniture in her whole place, but had a mirror, entire mirror wall, and she would dance. That makes sense. Yeah, but then when she w- went to move out, I think they tried to get it off the wall in one piece, and it just shattered. Yeah. So it was just no. like mirror shattered everywhere, sticky glue on the wall. It was insane. I got to see it. It was crazy. That looked that probably looked amazing too. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. awesome. It if, was awesome. I if I could figure out a way to do another mirrored wall in this space that made sense, I would, but 
I like I'm I'm oh, I love I'm, it. I'm okay with the mirrored wall. It's just the framed picture on it is so much so busy. It really Ooh, I dig it. It, really? weird, I dig it. it weirded uh, me out. It yeah. weirded me out. I had a I had an issue with it as well. Unless the picture is just like two color blocks or something like that, where it's the simplest thing in the Even world. Even then it's the frame that bugs yeah, me. It's like just seeing the frame. The thing. <laughs> and then they have oh, a whole... I was a million percent just like, how can I do that? How do I implement? How do I do it? They had an entire wall on the mirror wall of glass shelving with crystal like but that's like a that's like a bar like that that makes sense that was insane to me too every bar has a mirrored wall with it just looked like an antique bottles on it it was wild oh i love it i do too i love that too i really got down with that new york apartment vibe that's funny i i don't know i i didn't really get a good like an understanding of what it was other than just mirrors everywhere but Mm. but where do the hearts live now are they still in their malibu residence we never saw right yeah they're still malibu it's, it's weird that they just don't have a house anymore and they just yeah. they're not settling anywhere. Well they wait, did they not they talked about it in the last episode, right? Episode the rebuild of their house. Uh I feel oh, like I there was like a that. passing comment because it was when they were no, was it this episode when they were in a storage unit looging at old shit before they went to New York? There was that. They I mentioned something about the house and the rebuild. Uh, vaguely remember. There was some mention of it. They so are rebuilding building their house. Okay, that's good. So we're we're they're in they're in rentals until their place is rebuilt. At least progress is. Can we agree that Jennifer did not go to a high school with the mascot of the Bulldogs? I don't think. <laughs> but if she did, and I'm remembering it wrong from when we hear a couple other times about Jennifer's high school situation that. It would be hard, and maybe this is a question for the Sislers who are uh, sports people. Um, it would be hard for me to be motivated to achieve positively if that Bulldogs cheer was the cheer. <laughs> what was the cheer? I I barely remember the cheer. My um, my high school mascot was Bulldogs. I cannot mimic that cheer. Mm. That cheer is. Maybe not understanding what cheer is supposed to be. <laughs> I I picture Jennifer's high school mascot as a rich horse eating dinner. <laughs> it's dressage. Yeah, dressage horse like as eating John fancy dinner with like a bunch of soup spoons. <laughs> Can we all agree that Delta is the best airline to fly oh my anytime God. you need to fly? <laughs> when I need to go anywhere in the world, yeah. I go Delta. Going to New England, Kingsman <laughs> Ferry, going to Seattle desert, the deserts of Seattle. Yes, <laughs> going to the the Broadway of New York. I have a play on Broadway. Yeah, better. Fly. I better call Delta, Delta to get me there. <laughs> it's beautiful. Delta, they'll get me there in a beautiful way. It's such <laughs> gorgeous Delta shots of Delta. Well, yeah, no, well, Delta one hundred percent paid for these yes, movies to be yes. made. <laughs> when you lose your LA Mobile, LA Mobile sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys expect? What do you do? These things aren't free. Just ask david kramer <laughs> was this okay so wasn't this also around the time like like a little bit after delta had like three plane crashes oh in a quick succession that i know it was in the 80s that that happened but wasn't it like the late 80s that delta had a Jesus, bit of a problem they, with plane crashes 
I don't, I don't remember this at all. I remember it really well because it's one of the reasons I'm terrified to fly. Uh, and, oh. and it was after that, Delta's ads, they went from we love to fly and it shows to uh, <laughs> Delta, we get you there. Oh, <laughs> yikes. But that seems like a lie then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all I remember of Delta is that their planes look beautiful in sunset shots flying from California. I just know that they're always taking off Max. from California. In the sunset. In the beautiful, uh, hazy sunsets. Uh, 1985, 1988. Are those the ones you're thinking yeah, of? Yeah, that would be it. Um, speaking of airplane fuselage-shaped things, is it time for, for Pick, Pick Your, your Boat? Wow. What an amazing wow. segue, Joe. <laughs> yeah, that was smooth as silk. Yeah. Oh. Smooth, that, as, smooth as Delta gets you there. <laughs> that was an that that segue just <laughs> astro glided its way into the into the wow. podcast. It's as smooth as a Delta wow. aircraft landing in New York in on in Times Square. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, Joe, you're Why? first. Del- Delta's not gonna sponsor our podcast. My poke is the Jewish Italian waiter, because he is so cute. And so sweet, and I love him. I'm in love with him. Um, um, <laughs> the detective Giordano. It's Bel- Belzer, obviously. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the clutch. Ooh. Oh, oh, the the, tra- Vuitton. the Vuitton trapper keeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Normally, I don't really give a fuck about uh, the branded stuff like that, but that's just such a cool object. Mm-hmm. I've never seen one of those before, so I loved it. It is cool. Although uh, I'm kind of sick of that Louis Vuitton pattern, TBH. Yeah. A little, a little sick of it. But at that time, very cool to see this dated shot of her from the 90s, like in Broadway. That's kind of cool. That's uh, awesome. Mine's also the waiter, the Jewish waiter. At the <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Jewish uh, He's adorable. Yeah. He was so cute. Uh, love me some Jews, some chunky Jews. Wow. And uh, I like Italian deli. <laughs> it's a dream world. It really, there really is nothing that could go wrong in this fair. <laughs> None of which your very skinny, vegan, non-Jewish partner can offer you. Please. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not even tracking anymore. I'm just reading. What are you reading? <laughs> Delta's <laughs> flight Not Delta plane plan. crashes. <laughs> I'm reading how to make your podcast uh, colleagues stop talking about their relationship. No, <laughs> that's not um, going to happen. I know because it's perfect. Our relationship there is go, so there go the good. Ratings. Yeah, there go the ratings. Um, oh I, no, go ahead. What? Just that the fucking actor assassin did took one shot at Jonathan and then ran away. And it's like the, uh, that gun holds more than one bullet. You fucking idiot. But he's an actor, so we can't really blame him. But he fully ran away from Jonathan. Jonathan ducks under the bullet and then starts chasing him around the room. And it's like, what are you doing? Just shoot him. <laughs> I really like that scene because we had no sense of what that space was like. It reminded me of all the times that people come into the Hart's house and try to kill them in their dressing room. Mm-hmm. Um, total callback scenario. I yeah. liked it. It was just like Jonathan just creeping around the weird athletic yes. club or whatever. I love it. That's too. good shit. But also, I can't. 
I can't bag on Mike Royston's commitment level. I mean, he was, he kidnapped Jonathan. Yeah. And uh, was going to murder him underneath the LIE. Come on now. Yeah. It's wild. That's That's, serious. That's some serious shit. Bonkers. Oh. Commitment. I can't fault him. To the theater. Can't fault him for that. I just wish. he gets his head bashed in. I sort of wish, since he was an actor, what didn't we have? We had a plot line from Heart to Heart, like season two, where there were real bullets and a gun on stage. So the actor was going to kill somebody, and the director was in charge and setting them up to kill that person. There was a there was a plot like that very early on in Heart to Heart, which this could have easily been like this knife is fake. Look, and then he gives him a real knife to stab Jonathan with, or something like that. Where it's like this is an actor, but then I guess you can't you don't get the like chase scene i don't know it kind don't of try kind of to change apart. the ending jonathan <laughs> i hate rewrite jonathan <laughs> i just like I, yeah i don't know i just don't understand that character still that he was an actor and an assassin mm. and i just need to get over that i think I think I think you do. Yeah. Uh, my only other note is is just something that made me laugh to myself. Uh, the note that was in the pocket of the stage direct the, the the set director of Alan Watson. Alan Watson in Jennifer's handwriting said, "I'll never forget Wednesday night," and she did. She yeah, totally she forgot. forgot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, that's true. She totally forgot. <laughs> and and that part is not small. No. At least in the rewrite, yeah. the constable part is not small. No. Yeah, that's really yeah. funny. So funny. <laughs> I mean, that couldn't. How would you just? How would you even? I mean, if I had to poke a hole in something, it would be like how. I mean, it was 25 years ago, not 250 years ago. That guy, it, I don't think Carl had like major facial reconstructive surgery. Like Jennifer is producing, she wrote, produced, directed the play, and mm-hmm. she doesn't remember that dude. To be fair, she has been involved in 111 previous murder mysteries. <laughs> yeah. Where sometimes she is involved in said crime. She's not going to remember what the fuck this guy is doing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just look at the heart's lives (laughs) that we've been privy to. Just what we know. The weirder thing to me is like, why did he wait that long to come get his girl? You know, like, what did he, what was he waiting for? He, he tells us what he is waiting for. He has the whole, uh, monologue at the end where he describes building like do you like my museum i've spent 25 years trying to become someone that you would want to be with basically like he says that he did all of it for her he created this whole career stellar career in the theater in response to his infatuation with Jennifer Edwards, playwright. That's great. That's like what you're supposed to do with Heartbreak. So that's like really proactive and amazing of him that he did that. But <laughs> just then he took it too far and like you weaponized it, which you shouldn't do. But that, okay, that makes, that does make sense. That is, that's kind of awesome. I didn't catch that part for some reason. 
I was too busy staring at the Jennifer face on the mannequin that was Jennifer between them. That the was mannequin. wearing the outfit that she wore yeah. 25 years ago. Yeah. That was a real fucking treat. That was wild. Always the candles. Always with the candles. Uh, Yeah. I So part of me was a little bit disappointed when the detective that was driving, for some reason, okay, that's the other thing. This detective is... Jonathan's like, I'm going to the Hamptons to meet my wife and the director of the play she's working on. And this detective who just randomly shows up is like, oh, I'll drive you. It'll be fun. I want to. And then Jonathan's like, okay, and goes along with it. No way that's happening, first of all. Jonathan would be like, no, go away. I don't want this. Like, you're not going to drive me to this Hamptons house. That's so weird. True. But I was also upset because I was really looking forward to a really awkward dinner with Jonathan, Jennifer, <laughs> and the director. I really wanted an awkward dinner and then for something to happen to kill Jonathan. I did too. 100 plus things in, you, we still can never get enough awkward dinners. Yeah, yeah. the awkward dinners are the heart and soul. We live for it. Time. Yeah. Live for it. Frenemies and awkward dinners. <laughs> yes. I was really hoping, and maybe this, I may have had this thought like after the fact, but. I really was hoping that Jonathan would show up at the house mm -hmm. and then we would get to see um, Kramer slash Carl's reaction to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like I was living for Jonathan's threshold announcement when he did get there, which um, didn't he just say like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, yes. that was that was commercial <laughs> break territory. Weirdly weird. What the hell I is going on? I loved it. Like, just like. I feel like RJ was super on point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This it, film. He's so, I mean, he's, I always love him. It was a bizarre I feel moment. like this was like a great Jonathan episode. Yeah. Um, another rewrite. I'm so sorry, Ellen. Um, okay. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. uh, do, you want, do you want me to call you back? <laughs> don't try to change the ending, Jonathan. I hate rewrites. <laughs> Jonathan. I think you are actually going to like this rewrite, though. I think we all will like this rewrite. When, I am speaking for David Kramer slash Carl. <laughs> when you're doing a show about the behind the scenes of a theater production and everything's building towards a climax have the climax happen while the show is happening in the theater that's it adds so much more tension because it's just a big empty theater you know and it's like no one was around for some reason even though they had only at this point three weeks to put the show on or something there was nobody in the theater. It was just empty, which is kind of a cool vibe. But you can have a scene earlier on with that and then have the show be premiering when everything hits the fan. And there's like a like the fire is because what is going to burn down an empty theater? Who gives a shit? There's no risk there. Like <laughs> and one person dies, but he's burning up a whole like he's like locks all the audience members in or something like that. I don't know. But like that would add so much more tension to the whole situation don't you think do you do you not think yeah i mean yeah of course it would yeah yeah i can see i can see the the bonus factor inherent in what you're describing uh-huh but i do think that for like long game david kramer slash carl whatever your last name is that his whole fixation is he needs to take out specifically himself, Jennifer and Jonathan. He needs to destroy 
this and maybe not even Jonathan, just like, although he tried very hard, but you know, his focus is that he has to confront that Jennifer doesn't feel the same way that she didn't even remember him, that he's lived his whole life in the hopes of having it end a certain way Mm -hmm. and it's not ending that way. So he has to control the ending. So in my mind, like he, the whole thing when you're obsessive that way to the point where you have your little shrine Mm -hmm. or your 25 year Jennifer museum Mm -hmm. that you are focusing on taking yourself out or the, subject of your obsession or the obsession of the subject of your obsession like Like those are the three focal points like you're not gonna it would have to just be happenstance that something goes down in the theater and the actors are like what the shit yeah Yeah. but for the drama of the of the movie i just think like because there was the fashion of murder what was the murder fashion show one where it was latest The latest in high fashion murder. Yeah, latest in high fashion murder, where it was also during a rehearsal. Pandemic, right? Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> what? Pandemic, Scotty? You remember? No. She was like <laughs> raggedy. And <laughs> she was the model. Oh. Was both characters. But her, her sister uh, was yeah. all raggedy yeah. at the in the back lots. Yes. Right. Her uh, dual personality. One of them wore Sperry's. Uh huh. <laughs> In California. I'm sorry, but I'm starting to think that we really do need to just start at the very beginning of our dart and just do this again. Yeah. Like, maybe we should just keep doing it until we hate each other. Okay. Okay. Too late. We already all hate each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just, like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't do that. It just doesn't, like, maybe you don't want to pay all the extras. That's, it's just, like, it sticks in my craw. I don't like it. The extras, that is a good, that is a good point. It would, it would be an expensive the shoot. The Delta money only goes so far. Mm-hmm. To have a bunch of dressed up extras um, yeah. in New York. I, I did, you could shoot it in a way where you wouldn't be showing that many people, though. You yeah. know, you don't have to show the whole crowd. There's ways to do it. There's also ways to make a body not bounce up and down when it gets <laughs> hung from a rafter in a theater. That was Oh really? That scene was wild and felt like filler too, or the it they did like four takes of the hearts looking up at this dead body right and it was they just kept playing him over and over again it was really weird that's it i think that's my last rewrite so you're safe ellen safe it's a little late to tell me i'm safe <laughs> and then the scene now no another rewrite. oh I'm see sorry. right yeah another that rewrite. was a lie <laughs> that just, was a yeah, lie i forgot they do the dance the little like theatery oh i was Fred trying Astaire to avoid that dance where they're in like their tights and their suits and top hat thing i didn't want to talk about that yeah the hearts start dancing someone's I playing can't. piano is max playing piano someone's playing max piano. is playing piano yeah what the my the only good thing about that entire thing is when it's over and max says now that was magic and freeway looks at him like the fuck are you talking about did yeah, you just yeah. see what, what i just saw <laughs> that was no. magic it's, and it has um, nothing to do with the play that they were doing. It's just like, no, we're on a stage. We have to do this song and dance thing. It's because it is. They're on a stage, uh, and they are both veteran stage actors, and they can do whatever the fuck they want. And yeah. Jennifer looks great in her it's amazing. outfit, and oh my she's God, still got amazing. the kick. The kick. The kick radius. She looks incredible. Jonathan does not have the kick. Yeah. But he's great. Yeah, he is great. Um, Everyone's great. I have a brief freeway thing to mention, which is, of course, that freeway 
Jr. is still picking the winners for Max. Oh, that's right. Um, oh, he did. And that two of the names that they picked for that day's races was Up and Adam and Time Bandit. <laughs> there was a moment where he said Time Bandit, and I was like, is he asking Freeway which movie they're going to go see? <laughs> right. But Time Bandit's 1981. Oh, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Oh, but I but I had the same thought. You can't say Time Bandit without me just thinking of that. Yeah. That mm. amazing film. Anyways, Up and Adam. There was one other one, but I didn't catch it. But I love that. Well, I have another rewrite if you're interested. Are you serious? Just it should have been the assistant. What is happening? The, right the now? clipboard assistant should have been the like <laughs> for some reason because they were doing the whole play was about how Jack the Ripper was a, a one of the women of Whitechapel. And you know that, what? that was the theory. Oh, no, you just nailed it. And that should have been <laughs> Jack she should be Jackie the Ripper. Like some <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jackie the Ripper. That's the joke they made in the yeah, episode. I love that. I didn't catch it, but like, yeah, like it's just like something to mirror the plot of this thing that they're creating, like, sure, in the real world, you know, like that's just instead of the song and dance thing at the end. Yeah, no, but I like that. I, I sort I like of it. appreciated like the that they didn't do like the direct line where it's like mm-hmm. that's such a trope, right? Where it's like yeah. the murders mimic the art, right? Yeah, art imitates life and murder. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's like if they did that plus the candles shrine, it would just be like, no, 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 no. So I get what you're saying. And I do think that's a great option. But one thing that I thought was interesting was, no, that's (laughs) don't try to change the ending, Jonathan. (laughs) I hate rewrites. I'm rewriting Ellen's Um, reaction to loving the (laughs) That. In such a an intensely true crime obsessed and saturated moment in time as we are right now, that I thought it was really interesting to to have the content of the play be a take on Jack the Ripper. I just thought that was interesting because it wasn't necessary. Yeah, it, um, they could have dug in harder on like. Phantom of the Opera type mm. situations. They didn't, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting um, but to they are, look they, at now in 2022. Heart to Heart has already done Phantom of the Opera. So. Right. But also there is a Phantom of the Opera element inherent in the secret room with the candles. Yeah, right? true. Totally. Of course. It's a yeah. secret identity and it's malevolent. And, and there was a giant blah, blah, clown blah, blah. head in that room as well. Uh, 25 I, years, the Jennifer Hart Museum. Hmm. When when Jennifer I Museum. remembered what was happening in this episode, the synopsis that we read before was that Jennifer had written a play and it was going to be produced. And so I was a little bit bummed when I found out it was like she was coming in to patch up a play that had already been written. I was really excited to see <laughs> what type of play Jennifer would write and and to see a little bit more of but that. But we get a little well, bit she of does, that. She does talk at length about her research process. Yeah, yeah. We get a little gives, bit of it. Gives notes like she's... Yeah. yeah, that's true. But we don't get really She's not much. like a dramaturg or anything like that, but no. it's like her he acknowledges that her work is the origin point, which is interesting. Yeah, when I mean, we don't get any of the play anyways really other than those little singy sing-songy parts that are that yeah. don't really give you anything. Well, as usual, Joe doesn't think Jennifer's doing enough. Yeah, she needs to do a better job. <laughs> She's just not working enough. I mean, Jonathan's like supporting her, so like what's the deal? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> it was funny that she was like they were on stage writing though. I thought that was kind of funny. 
maybe that is how it actually is. I have no idea how Broadway actually works, but in my what I assume is that the writers aren't in the middle of the stage at a table writing the play while everyone everyone's building sets around them. That's that so just funny. made me think of uh, Bullets Over Broadway and like like <laughs> a couple of other movies about Broadway plays. And yes, they do sit on stage. They do. Okay, and... maybe they do that. That's just kind of funny. Bullets Over Broadway. Don't speak. Don't speak. Don't speak. Don't speak. <sighs> I do love that movie. Uh, okay. Me too. Ratings? Time for ratings? Yes. All right. Zero to five hearts, starting with Joe. Ooh. Okay, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with a four. Because it was very, very enjoyable to watch this episode. And the hearts in New York is great. And the characters, even, even though I hated Giordano, he was such a great character. And... There are some holes in the plot. I want more Max, but I understand why we didn't get more, most likely. So it's it's a four. It's, it's a really good... It's overall great. I enjoyed it, and I like the theater, being at, backstage at a theater. Cool. Ellen? Five. Nice. Five. Any elaboration? Not really. No. All right. I am also going five. Uh, wow. This is my favorite of the movies so far. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I thought this was like as good as any good episode of Bar to Heart. Like, yeah, I could see it that. Really did yeah. all the, it did all of the things. Whisper in the Wings, too. Yes. Uh, so Whisper in the Wings. Crimes of the Heart gets 14 <laughs> hearts. So close to a heart of gold. So close. Oh, that's a great rating, Boodles. <laughs> it's a really good rating. Boodles. How did y'all hear the T L E S? Like I, all I heard was booze. I heard D L E S. Boodles. Boodles. Me too. I just heard booze, and she said boodles. it twice. Boodles. 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 What does that mean? Oh, well, we yeah. don't know. Something that was seen that was a, like developed off screen because we barely got any max. Both episode. of them are dead too. We can't like ask. I know. <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, do well, we get, do we get so we get one more with Max in it. I, I think to, two. I, I think two more. Okay. Ellen, mm-hmm. what are we doing next? I'm so glad you asked. Um, next week we're going to be watching and talking about old friends never die. <laughs> I wish that was true. <laughs> the, the hearts find themselves in the middle of a dangerous murder plot, but it isn't clear if the plot is a famous author's fictional murder mystery or an actual murder plot until Jonathan finds himself the unsuspecting target of the killer. Wow. That sounds super fun. They're going to play a murder mystery? We love murder that mysteries. That sounds fun. This podcast loves a murder mystery. We do. Weird, because we're talking about right. it. Just beautifully, didn't it? Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I, if you're sticking around from the beginning, wow, I salute you. Yeah, I'm job. not even sticking around from the beginning. Yeah, we've oh, wait, I am. If you're I a am, noob and you just showed up at this particular episode, forgive weird. us. That's very yeah, weird. Sorry. But, uh, cool. I'm, I'm very Please happy you're here. My apologies. I yeah. like new guests as well as old guests. Welcome. Um, 
if you want to interact with us at all, you can follow us <laughs> on Instagram at it was murder pod or on Twitter at it was murder pod. You can email us at it was murder pod at gmail.com. You can hire us to write your plays. You can on hire Broadway. me to kill people. Yeah. Or to act in your dog food commercial. It's one or the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, But (laughs) only one or the other. I won't do both. Uh, I won't. I'm happy to catalog your obsessive museum of people that you have uh, borderline stalked uh, for 25 years. (laughs) I'm available. I am a a museum professional. She'll put their face on a mannequin and put a wig on the mannequin. Yeah. And burn it. So I don't know where these movies are available. They're probably on YouTube or or some or Daily Motion or something. Scarecrow. Uh, you can obviously rent them from Scarecrow Video, scarecrow.com, or you can buy them on eBay. It's pretty cheap to buy all the movies. And honestly, at this point, we're halfway through the movies and <gasps> I think they're worth the money. Totally. Like, they've all been good. That's I'm, yeah. I'm really We shocked. were lied to. <laughs> we were lied to by some people. <laughs> These movies are great. Yeah, they're really great and they're carrying the spirit of the show very well. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. It does not feel like ten years has passed since. I know the last I talk episode. shit about the nineties aesthetic, uh, particularly with the first episode and that or the first movie. And that holds that first movie I think looks like garbage. But also, that was my first week of no nicotine. Uh, So I was an asshole. Oh, my God. And uh, I'm probably still an asshole, but that's fine. I don't (laughs) mind. I'm totally okay with being an asshole. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So these movies are great. They're they're hitting the spots. They're doing everything they need to do. Yeah, they're amazing. So I recommend keeping on watching these movies with us. Mm -hmm. And then you can talk to us about them. I won't. I I'm you. not going to do that. This is my last movie, so I'm out of the pod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I quit. Well, we're done with Joe anyway. Officially, I quit. Okay, bye, Joe. Good we, luck without my rewrite. Need someone younger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> need a Gen Z. <laughs> right. It's time for cousin Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scrappy Doo. Let's get it on. <laughs> Speaking of Scrappy Doo. Where's normal? I hope that uh, Freeway Junior didn't have any jet lag on mm. its little trip to New York. Aww. Good night, Freeway Junior. Good night, Freeway Junior. Good night, Freeway Junior. Remember to only fly Delta. Brought to you by Delta. Brought to you by Delta. <laughs> they never crash. <laughs> We've never crashed. We'll always get you Why? there. Why? What have you heard? We'll mostly get you there. <laughs> we'll get most of you there. <laughs> <laughs>